open up our Bibles. Revelation chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 1. chapter 17. Let me just make sure. Right. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 17. And we will begin in verse 1. The Bible says, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, saying unto me, rather, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. I want to stop here. Um, there's nothing wrong. No, it's not in the context of this verse. There's nothing wrong with saying that you're dressed like a whore. Nothing wrong. Um, I remember a few years ago, straight preaching, and it was, it was right in front of Ryerson University there. I call it Ryerson. I don't call it Toronto Metropolitan University. It's Ryerson to me. That's, I grew up with it, called that, and I'm not changing. I don't care if they want to change it, but I'm still calling it that. But I remember, you know where the steps are. We preached there one time, and there was a large crowd. It was on a Friday night, and one of, there was a young lady, and I hesitate to use the term lady, but I will, just even out of respect, dressed incredibly immodestly, um, I mean, incredibly, shorts that were basically form-fitting, I mean, I don't need to get into details, but you understand where I'm getting at, and she was heckling me, and she was saying, what about the young children being raped, and about women, and all these sort of things, and just heckling me. And talking about rape, and of course, rape is wicked, it is evil, and I don't condone it. Uh, but looking at her, probably she has a, ch a number of children out of wedlock, just by looking at her. Uh, well, she does, because she mentioned about her child. Um, and dressed the way she is, I said, you know what? Maybe you could do your part. Maybe you need to stop dressing like a whore and do your part, right? That's not to say that any kind of if any rape was involved. I'm condoning that. That is wicked. But ladies, I mean, there's something you know, there, there is a there is there is virtue, if you will, to dressing modestly, to dressing ladylike. But that wasn't too popular. Within sec, literally minutes, two female police officers on on on, on bicycles rode by, and one stopped, and she, one of them was completely livid. Like to the point of like tears, like what, like say, how dare you say what you just said and call you? Know, I said it's biblical, right? That's why I said it's God uses those those words. Now I don't go out of my way to call women whores. I don't, obviously. I mean, there's a time and place. You need to be biblical with it. You just don't go out of your way. However, there is such thing as the attire of an harlot. Anyway. Obviously, there's a spiritual application here with the great whore. And who's the great whore? I, I, I don't believe it's only the Roman Catholic Church. I believe the Roman Catholic Church is a, a large part of it. And the, you know what the Roman Catholic Church is? The ancient mystery Babylonian religion. That's what it is. Right from Genesis chapter 11. 
And what, what they did, or what Satan did, is give it a coat of Christianized paint. And that's all it is. All right? And some of you here are, have come, from a, uh, come out of a Roman Catholic background. So you would know what I'm, what I'm uh, talking about here. So the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination, abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Verse 5, a very key verse. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, 2,000 years, my friends, and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. Many believe this to be Rome, which sits on seven hills, if you will. Could be Rio as well, but I don't believe that. I believe actually Rio de Janeiro could look to Rome, if you know what I'm saying. Highly Roman Catholic. Nevertheless, I mean, we don't want to delve too deeply into that. And there's many explanations. But I tend to believe it is Rome, to be quite frank. It was in Jesus' day. And it is and is now. Let's continue on here. Which the woman, seven, sorry, and, and the other, and, the, and there are seven kings. Five are fallen. And one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. That is the man of sin, I believe. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet. Right? This be interesting. This is not even be fulfilled. Or like we wonder who these kings are. You wonder if they're in the world right now and they will rise. Now there's many explanations behind that. Some believe that they'll be coming out of Europe. Some believe they'll come, be coming out of the region of the Middle East. Some believe it will be regions, ten regions around the earth. I tend to lean toward that. Anyhow, we'll continue on here. Uh, verse 13, these, so they, as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind. Keep this in mind as we're moving uh, headlong into globalism. Um, and this is why I brought up this verse. I'm going to be quoting uh, out of a very excellent article, by the way, from Zero Hedge, which is not from Zero. They quoted some, someone else. Uh, it's a very excellent ar article. And it's going to get into this religion here, if you will. Um, these have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. And this is what they're building. They want, they want, a, 
They want to do away with national sovereignty. They want to do, do away with, with a particular culture. And particularly in our West, there's a veneer of a Christian-based culture, if you will. They want to do away with that and saturate it with this. With, uh, with, first of all, they want to bring in these heathen uh, groups. You know, and I don't hate. I'm not a racist. I do not hate brown people, those from India. But as I've mentioned before, uh, not every culture is equal. Hinduism is basically occultism, Eastern-based occultism. Their gods, their 33 million gods, which I believe to be all fallen angels, um, um, they're, fa they're, they're false gods, if you will. So they're bringing that over here. And it is a backwards culture. When you're given over to doctrines of devils, when you're worshiping devils, you will become a backwards society. Uh, and I mentioned this on Wednesday, Archie. And for those of you, obviously, if not here on Wednesday, um, I looked at an article, or not, sorry, not an article, a listing for an, a room for rent in Brampton. A room for rent. This is how backwards the culture is. We never experienced this here before. This kind of, well, at least certainly not my lifetime. In this small room space, or whatever it is, you had a small little kitchen counter with a small sink. You lifted up the counter, and right beneath it was the toilet. Think about it. Right beneath was the toilet. You're going to get that in the pagan society. You're going to get that. Uh, continue on here anyway. So where am I now? Uh, so they, these have one mind, verse 13, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For what? He is Lord of lords and King of kings. I'm looking forward to that, my friends. And they that are with Him are called, that's us, that's us if you're born again, are called and chosen and what? Faithful. By the way, second message, we're dealing with faith, from which we get faithful. Are you faithful? This various levels of faithfulness, including faithfulness to the local church. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, right? And shall make her desolate. So they're going to they're gonna backstab the whore. She's going to help them rise to power. She's going to help. She's going to be uh, backing, if you will, the man of sin to rise to power. And they're going to backstab her. That's what Satan does, by the way. He'll promise you the world, but then he'll leave you in the ditch to die. Just think of uh, that well-known Satanist, Aleister Crowley. He referred to himself as the beast. By the way, Aleister Crowley was born into a strict Plymouth Brethren home. And he completely turned his back on God. Uh, he was a very, 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 I can, I can go on, very, very, very wicked man. Well, he died, I believe, 1947 at the age of 72. 27, you know, it was a 27 club just flipped, but I'm not getting into the numbers, Brad, <laughs> by the way. Uh, at the age of 72, penniless and a heroin addict. That's where Satan's going to leave you. That's right. That's where he's going to leave you. He'll give you the world. You'll, you'll swear those oaths. You'll go up the ranks in your secret societies, even if it's a lower rank, the, the Blue Lodge of uh, Freemasonry. By the way, I will be preaching on Freemasonry in due time. 
Um, and really, it helps you understand from the other side, right? Because Satan seeks to counterfeit, by the way, everything that God does. Now, continue on here, and I don't want to get too bogged down with that, because I can go on the rabbit trails. And he saith unto me, The waters, again, verse 15, which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And again, and the ten horns, which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall treat and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So that whole Babylonian system will be destroyed, and out of its ashes, if you will, will be the beast, the worship of the man of sin, Satan and flesh, if you will. Burn her with fire, for God hath put it, put it, put in their hearts. So God does that. He, ha you know, what, when, he, when when the Word of God says puts it in their hearts, what He's doing is handing them over to complete reprobation. That's what that is. To do as they please and say, "Have at it," and He's going to use that wickedness to judge the world, as well as those that He's using to perform that wickedness to judge them eventually. And that's what's going to happen. Continue on here. So for God to put it in their hearts to fulfill His will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast. You hear that? So out of, the, I believe, the last three and a half years of, of, of the seven years of tribulation, or Daniel's 70th week, it will be, it, the religion will not be the mystery Babylonian religion. It will be the worship of Satan and flesh. The counterfeit Messiah. It'll, that's what it will be. Satan and flesh, literally, Choose you this day whom you will serve, right? Or who is on the Lord's side. That's what it is. So after they receive the, uh, the mark of the beast in the right hand or in the forehead, they've already made that choice. Now they are servants of Satan. Uh, he is their small g God. They will worship him. They will willingly worship him. Uh, they will devote themselves to him. In fact, they will devote themselves to him in a manner that most Christians don't devote themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how devoted they will be to the man of sin, the false Messiah, indeed. So to give their kingdom unto the beast and to the words of God shall be fulfilled. That's a promise, right? So this is all fulfilling God's prophetic plan and his purpose. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Amen to that. Let's go to Genesis chapter 11 now. Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. Because what you're seeing falling into place, the pieces of the puzzle falling into place happened over 4,000 years ago. The Tower of Babel. By the way, the same religion. The same religion. Basically, Satan takes the same thing and gives it. You'll, you'll, you'll rename the gods based on where they're from. But basically, it's the same thing. The same counterfeit. See, many will, if you think about Satan as the great counterfeiter, he will seek to counterfeit the triune God, right? With, with his, I, um, if you will, the false trinity, if you will. Of false gods, you know, whether it be Osiris, Horus, and Isis, and so on and so forth, Nimrod, Semiramis, and, um, and uh, Tammuz, same thing. And you can list them all, just right through. You can go with the Hindu Trimurti, same thing, counterfeit. 
and they'll use that. Oh, well, these were around before we ever found out. It doesn't matter. God was around well before that. Is it per perhaps, just think about it, Satan, the covering cherub, may have seen a few things that we don't see and we haven't seen ourselves. He may have known about the triune God. And he says, you know what? Since God hasn't revealed him yet to, you know, obviously if you look through the Old Testament, you see it. But really, the, the triune God on high, or the Godhead itself, is somewhat of a mystery that's revealed in the New Testament, if you will. Um, anyhow, think about it. Satan was there. He would have seen God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, three in one. And then he would have sought to, to counterfeit it in his mystery religions. And then you've got, you know, and I've gone door knock, and I've had someone bring up these names to me. And I said, well, look, because they went before in terms of written does not mean they existed before. Amen. Amen, exactly. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Genesis chapter 11. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, that is the false in Revelation period, Revelation 20. Yeah, the dragon, the false prophet, and, and well, dragon is Satan, uh, the man of sin, the political leader, and, and, um, and the false prophet. Which I believe the false prophet really is Satan's counterfeit to the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead them to the man of sin. He causes cause it all, right? So, yep, you, and Luke has an, has an excellent point there from Revelation, not just 13, but you're right in Revelation 13, it's very clear. Okay, let me just go to uh, Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and one and of one speech. I want to stop right there. Do you realize with artificial intelligence, you could speak into a translator and it will say you could speak to Gallog, those of you here, and, uh, into a translator and it'll, it'll tell you what it is in English. Sometimes it's not 100% accurate, but they're getting more accurate with each passing day. They're getting a lot more accurate. The whole world. In fact, it's getting to the point, I've watched it. There was, there was a, um, they were on stage, and there was some kind of presentation, AI presentation, and they had a Swedish woman and another, an American man, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, I don't remember the, all the details, but one would speak English, the other one would speak in Swedish, but as she spoke, there would be a voice translating exactly what she said and vice versa so they, they could communicate with each other. Again, this is the Tower of Babel. This is of one language and of one speech. And by the way, this one language and the one speech, we can even take it further. It is the one world religious system, if you will, the ancient mystery religion, which you're seeing, uh, actually it's formed right before our eyes, this ecumenical system, which you even see apostate Christianity uh, promoting, by the way, this is why I don't feel the need to even teach on the Stephen Furtick's and all that. I don't see any of you here being given over to Stephen Furtick and his nonsense and a lot. Of, I mean, that's, by the way, I've heard it many times, that being described as Laodicean Christianity, like the Stephen Furtick's, uh, the, old, the whole NAR, the charismatic movement, uh, you know, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, that's not Laodicean Christianity. That's just a satanic counterfeit. You know where the Laodicean Christianity is? It could be even in here. The Laodicean Christianity is over at Faithway, 
That's, that's the idea in Christianity. Lukewarm. Don't bring your Bible to church. You know what? We'll just post the scriptures on here. You'll, we'll have a, um, we'll have a, a Leaf, Leaf fan versus Habs fan night, right? Or, or your missionary night. They had this, by the way, advertising a missionary night where you're dressed in the pagan garb of the mission field that you're, you're visiting. I believe in separation. I'm talking about the pagan garb that they use to worship their small g gods. You need to be able to discern through that. And I understand they're missionaries that go on the mission field and they want to embrace the culture to a degree. Uh, but if, you're, if you're, the culture is completely diametrically opposed to what the Bible teaches, no, I don't, I'm not for that. Oh, another one. A Laodicean uh, church, Christianity, is an independent Baptist church that decides to, uh, to have a COVID-19 mobile vaccine clinic on their, on their property and advertise that. Uh, ages 12 to 17, that's for during the time. That's the Laodicean church. So now, now, now you, you, you've dropped the final S there of, of our Baptist distinctive separation of church and state. And you've wedded yourself to the state. Uh, and, and you've compromised yourself. What, what purpose, what are you gaining from, from uh, uh, wedding yourself to public health, to public health? What, what are you gaining? Well, you're probably gaining something. Maybe that new permit that, for an extension that you want. Some guarantees there, right? Uh, maybe the guarantee that, you know, keeps the government off your back, right? You know, maybe I'll have, back when Greg Baker uh, was alive, he had the mayor, the, uh, I thought it was the mayor of age, I think it's the Durham Region mayor, he had, he had him in to, get, to speak for 45 minutes. In this pulpit, you'll never have a lost politician speak. They can come in and sit and listen to the preaching, right? They can sit and listen to the preaching, but I'm not going to have a lost, a lost man speak, and definitely not a lost woman speak. Absolutely, or a woman speak. Period. In the in the you know that's not your ministry, ladies. Anyway, let me continue on here. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go. Two, let us make brick and burn them throughly. And they had brick for stone and slime, had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Many believe this tower to be like pyramids that you're seeing, like, well, a pyramid. And then every other pyramid is, model, is modeled after this pyramid if you will, right? Unless we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. It's, it's being fulfilled again, my friends. And they have all one language. And by the way, it's not just here. Obviously, it was the language that they spoke. But it's also the same spiritual language, right? The same religious language. Maybe taking, maybe, it's kind of like this wall here. You can put, you can paint it different colors, but it's the same wall. This is what this is like, if you will. Uh, and you have wall one, and this they begin to do, continue on here. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us, the Godhead here, 
the Trinity, the triune God, let us, let us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, go down and, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. All the earth. So this here, and I found this really interesting. I'm not saying I'll agree with 100%. <clears throat> here, and this is, it, this is by a gentleman named Brandon Smith, altmarket.us. He says, to understand the globalist, we must understand their psychopathic, satanic religion. I've added satanic to it. Because this is what we've discussed here. This is exactly what I've read to you here. He goes here, he goes on to say here, in the late 1800s and early 1900s, the Western world experienced a sudden burst of open occultism among the ultra-elites. The rise of theosophy, and many of you know about theosophy here, was underway, becoming a kind of fashion trend that would ultimately set the stage for what would later be called, quote-unquote, New Age Spiritualism, otherwise known as Cosmic Humanism. The primary driver of the Theosophical movement was a small group of obscure academics led in part by, get this, a woman, H.B. Blavatsky, and she looked demon-possessed. You ever looked at those eyes? What a... I mean... They were as empty and devilish as you can get. The group was obsessed with esoteric belief, belief rather, Gnosticism and even Satanism. Yes, they were. Blavatsky, Blavatsky co-founded the Theosophical Society in New York in 1875, claiming that she had a psychic connection to beings called the Mahatmas or the Masters. They're devils, fallen angels. These creatures asserted, asserted rather, helped her write the foundational books of theosophy, including the secret doctrine. Now I want to stop right there, going back uh, almost 30 years now, 29 years ago, 1995, I remember I had actually seen a counselor who was into this stuff, and they were doing something called, she was doing something called inner core therapy, and she gave me a book, an introductory book, that was published by Lucis Trust, formerly known as Lucifer Trust. Now, I was not a Christian. You have to understand that. However, I believe the Lord was protecting me because I had read through that. And I said, this is, not, this is just not right. I never went back. I had that book, but I never went back. And I had a list of all these books put out by the Theosophical Society, The Secret Doctrine, books by Manly P. Hall and Alice Bailey, who basically took over after H.P. Blavatsky. So I was, I went to this, and she was basically trying to recruit me into what would be considered a New Age, really deep New Age beliefs, and ultimately secret societies. Basically, I was wondering if basically I was being recruited to become one of the Illuminati, as they call it. You don't know. They'll take you at, they'll take those at the base level, right? And I wasn't into, but gentlemen, I was not into conspiracy theories then or anything like that. I did not know about it, to be quite frank, then. I did not know about the New World Order. I lived completely, you know, I didn't know about all of that. 
you know, I just, whatever I saw, I, that's what it was back then. Of course, God opened my eyes as I, as my mom had given me Grant Jeffrey books on Bible prophecy and I had read them. And then I started to kind of retain what was in there. And then I start to see what was happening, especially after 9-11, that really opened my eyes. And, and eventually, you know, I, you know, I would go onto a website called cuttingedge.org and the bottom, you would always have a uh, salvation invitation. I would read it, but not, it'd be kind of like, okay, I, that's a bit too much for me. I'm just going to keep on reading articles. But eventually the Lord used that. Um, not only that, of course, it was the preaching of the word of God, the preaching of the gospel, actually uh, being invited to Toronto Baptist Church. And eventually um, I got saved. I got saved back in 2005. Anyhow, they were promoting this, and they promoted it under different names. They're very slick. If you see something in these um, health magazines, you'll see intercore therapy or anything like that, you can trace it back to this. You do enough research, you'll trace it back. By the way, you, those of you here at Grace, you know all what Dr. Lamar used to teach you. It's all in the details. All in the details. Remember, uh, Brad? That um, the the acapella hymns, acapella rich, Michael Elrich, right? He's a member of uh, the Fort Wayne Church of Christ. Do you know what the Church of Christ teaches? Yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> you know what they teach? Baptismal regeneration. They're water dogs. You know what? It's not enough to be, to to believe by faith. You need to get into the tank, the baptistry. And, um, but by the way, there's not, they're not the only ones who teach that. We are at Toronto Baptist Church, and I've mentioned it to most of you here before, but I'll just repeat it again. We rented for one year um, a space used by the Apostolic Oneness Group. You know, an apostolic, the Pentecostal Oneness. They believe in modern-day apostles, just like the NAR. Uh, and they believe that you need to be baptized. They add the, they're Jesus-only they, 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 make, they want you in the water. And as you enter the auditorium, um, there's, a, there's a baptistry there. And I've mentioned, you know, many of you know the story here. It was, it was never emptied. It was always, it was just, the, the water was just there, never emptied. Literally, you can see little microorganisms growing in there. But, you know, if you, if you claim to have just gotten saved and you've never been baptized, they made sure that you were in that right away. <laughs> exactly. They made sure you're and they baptized in Jesus' name, but they made sure you're in that whatever that cesspool of whatever it was in there. You know, we, we obviously well, mind you, we but we've baptized in the creek. Who knows what's in that now, but <laughs> so I can't really complain. <laughs> but praise the Lord. It's the right baptism. Amen. So anyway, I want to continue on here. I don't want to so these creatures of fallen angels is what they are really, asserted, uh, sorry, helped or other, write the foundational books of theosophy, including, quote unquote, the secret doctrine. Now, I'm not going to recommend that you go out, purchase this and read this book. In fact, it will vex you. By the way, there's one thing in common. You know, that, that same woman who wrote that book, A Course in Miracles, that, that Oprah even, even had a whole year, I think, devoted to uh, teaching on that. Uh, you'll notice that they have the same style of writing. 
See, that's another one of Satan's counterfeits. God, the Holy Spirit, wrote the book, wrote the, book the Bible, our King James Bible here. You know what? Let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. And, well, you know what? The Bible is just written by men. You know what? You're right. It was written by men, penned by the men. But you didn't go far enough with that assertion. So you're, not, you're only half right. So if someone, ever clay, if someone ever challenges you with that, just say, well, you know what? You're only half right. And then it go, and go further. Here we are. Uh, ba, 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 my, oh, yeah, here, one twenty. No, I, I know where it is. It's just I'm in the wrong uh, where, where I am. I think I'm in chat. The reason why I'm not there is because I'm in First Peter. All right. So we're going to read. Um, we're going to start actually in verse 20. Actually, I want to start in verse 19 because you can take all of these all together. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in the dark place unto the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by, by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were what? Moved by the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Spirit of God that wrote this King James Bible that you're holding. He wrote the Greek that underlies there was Texas Receptus that underlies our New Testament King James Bible here. He wrote the Masoretic Hebrew, and you can go back and back. Oh, well, you know, only the originals were inspired. No, I believe that the translation that you're holding in your hand, in your lap, is the inspired Word of God. He's able to inspire this as well. He's able to inspire a translation, and he's able to keep it. Because let's face it, how many people speak the original, original Hebrew that, that, that Moses penned? How many? How many are able to fluently speak, read and speak Koine Greek? Of course not. Remember Dr. Lamour used to say about uh, Dr. Wake there? He says, look... <laughs> talking about like, hey, I want to see if he's preaching out of, out of, the, out of the Greek and the Borgs. He used to, remember he used to claim about uh, the, you know, being the, you know, the originals being inspired only. He says, well, I wonder if he's preaching right out of the Greek this morning. <laughs> well, it's true. If you believe that, why don't you preach out of it? Amen. I want to continue on here. So theosophy, the movement Blavatsky helped launch, was primarily an elitist one. The spread of occultism in the early 1900s specifically targeted the upper classes, and this resulted in many political leaders and financial leaders being involved in obscure organizations with secretive mandates. And this is primarily now why I don't believe you'll find, or at least certainly influential politicians who are born-again Christians. Don't be fooled by what Donald Trump said. Don't be fooled. Don't even be fooled by the House Speaker praying in Jesus' name. 
Look into what they believe. Look into what they actually stand for. Look into what they're, what they, what they're, what they're seeking to, to promote and pass. Look into these things. And you'll find out. Don't, 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 be, don't be taken in. That's one of Satan's tricks to deceive Christians. By the way, I don't believe in following politicians. I have no hope in them. Obviously, God can turn the heart of the king. I believe that. I understand that. Obviously, God sets up leaders. And sometimes he gives us the leader that we deserve. This nation firmly deserves Justin Trudeau. Absolutely. What a wicked man. Wow. But he's going to come before God. He's going to, he's going to bow before Jesus one day. And his wretched tongue is going to confess the Lord Jesus one day. But we still need to pray for Him. Pray for Him. Such groups have, exi have existed in the past from the Rosicrucians, the Rosy Cross, and Freemasons, they still exist today, to the alchemists of the Middle Ages who hid their occult beliefs in coded texts. However, never before had they been so public in their efforts. To their credit, the early theosophists were mostly apolitical, at least outwardly. And they argued against political intrusion into people's lives. The writer says, I suspect, however, that this was because at the, West, at the time, Western governments revolved around Christian and conservative values and virtues, if you ask me. That's what, that was the general consensus of the society. It's not that your, America was ever a Christian nation or Canada was ever a Christian nation. But there was a general consensus that held to somewhat a nominal biblical worldview. It's gone. It's dead. It's dead. You see it in our government schools where, where they're conditioning our young children to dye their hair purple, pink, and blue to question what gender they are. It doesn't come natural for a child to, uh, to question their, their gender. And I just recently watched a clip of Frank Turk, Dr. Frank Turk, and I'm not promoting these men, by the way. But um, I thought it was interesting. Um, he had an basically an atheistic, uh, or she was an atheist, but also taking biology in the university, because he goes to the universities. And she was studying biology. And she was making the argument that there is such thing, and it's a lot more common than what you think. You know, the XXX, you know, there could be a, where you're neither male or female, or you could be more this and that. And, and obviously it was a straw man argument because this is not what we're seeing with, uh, with gender ideology. You're actually taking the perfectly normal young boys and young girls and you're conditioning, uh, uh, you're corrupting them really and conditioning them to think that or to doubt their assigned gender, their God-given gender. And I believe God is, you know, what Satan, or what God is allowing, but what Satan's trying to accomplish with gender ideology is really to effeminate men, uh, basically uh, render them incapable of fathering children. Because if you're taking, taking massive amounts of hormones and, and puberty blockers and, and obviously mutilating your genitalia eventually for some of them, um, you, you're not, you can't reverse that. You can't turn that around. Uh, it, goes, it, it also falls in line with the depopulation. Satan is a murderer from the beginning, John 8, verse 44. 
Uh, so he's still committing genocide on a different level. He may not be gassing them with Cyclone B, uh, but you know what? He's, he, he's castrating them chemically and through the system. If you are a, a Christian um, you, 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 and you're, you're a Christian parent or Christian parents, uh, you ought not to have your children in the government school system. Absolutely not. I am a firm promoter of homeschooling. Uh, and, you know, if that is not possible, it has to be a very good Christian school. Not all are good. You need to do your research. But I, now I'm, I believe really in homeschooling, really, at this point. And you can do it, ladies. You can do it. My wife can do it. And I think she's doing an excellent job, to be honest with you. She's really done an excellent, yeah, I mean, praise the Lord. I see the fruit of it, too. I do see it. You know, and it's just some of the things that they're interested in, too, as well. And I'm not bigging up my children. You know that I don't gloat <laughs> in that matter. Because I know they have all the all of that sinful flesh, right? And we see it rear its ugly head from time to time. <laughs> Uh, but you know what, you know, uh, Nathaniel's really interested in video editing and he's now learning to use Photoshop, like the real Photoshop, not the one that you have on your phone. So he shows me what he did. Oh, I removed the back, I did this with the background, I did this. Okay, well, next time I need your help, come over here. Sit down with me, okay? <laughs> he's right there, <laughs> right behind you. Don't be embarrassed. Come on, sit up, buddy. I need you to sit up. Can you take off your, is that your jacket or is that your, yeah, take it off. I want, I want to be able to see your face, young man. Yeah. Continue on here. Invariably, these spiritual systems revolved around heathen, pagan deities of the past. Fallen angels, that's what they are. Many Babylonian or ancient Egyptian, many, sorry, many Babylonian and, or ancient in origin, rather. So they're Babylonian. Well, Babylonian, and of course, at the Tower of Babel, all of these esoteric beliefs spread. Hinduism comes from the Tower of Babel. That's why there's so many parallels to what the ancient Egyptians believed and so on and so forth. What the Romans believed. That said, there are also numerous mentions in theosophy of one figure in particular. Do you know who that figure is? Lucifer! Lucifer! They have a different view of Lucifer than we do. Well, we, our view of Lucifer is based on what the Bible teaches. See, I believe that Lucifer and Satan are the same person, the same being. I don't believe that Lucifer is just a man, by the way, as some teach. No, absolutely not. So they believe in Lucifer. That's what it is. Theos you know, theosophy, the Theosophical Society and their beliefs is Luciferianism. Lu uh, the religion of Freemasonry is Luciferianism. So you see the Shriners, they do the parade, they wear those hats. At that level, which I believe is the 32nd degree, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it is the second, 32nd degree. The 33rd degree is an honorary degree. But the 32nd degree, and I could be wrong, it could be the 28th, 29th, I get mixed up, but I believe it is a 32nd degree. Uh, at that point, they are definitely, knowingly, and knowingly, worshipping Lucifer. In fact, it's even before that degree. I believe it's a 28th degree, if I'm not mistaken, where that is revealed to them. Let's go to 
Isaiah 14 and verse 12. It is. I read that in the Moralism Dogma. Yeah. Just you know, it's, that is such a hard read to get through. <laughs> it's actually a painful read. I love these, and it's painful to read it. Yeah. That said, there are also numerous mentions of the one figure Lucifer, also referred to as "quote unquote" the light bearer. These are their words: the angel of light, Prometheus, symbolically. The dragon, the morning star, that's what they call him, and Satan. So think about that. Theosophy, New Age, the morning star. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? By the way, the King James Bible, I believe, is the only Bible. I'm not sure. Double check if the New King James has Lucifer in it. It may. But it's the only Bible in English that has the word or the name Lucifer. Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? The modern versions remove Lucifer. This is what the English Standard Version says. How, how you are fallen from heaven, O oh what? Day star, son of the dawn. How, how, how you are cut down to the ground. Day star. Think about that. Who's the day star? <laughs> You, you, laid the nations, you laid the nations low. And of course, the revised version says the same thing. Now, I want to I quote some more here. Let me just go into Bible Gateway for you. So Isaiah 14, verse 12 in the, in the, the Navajo Indian version, the non-inspired version, is how you have fallen from heaven, morning star. Son of the dawn, you have been cast down to the earth. You, want, you who once laid low the nations. I find this is so, more, so much more difficult to read than by King James, which flows from the tongue. The, new, the NASB says, How you have fallen from heaven, you star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth who defeated the nations. Let's add another, uh, I can add another parallel here. And this is, the, this is what the 99, 1995 version of the NASB says. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning. Again, the same thing. We'll add a few more here. The New King James Version says this. How you have fallen. He says, actually, the New King James uh, Version does say Lucifer. So they actually maintain the fidelity there. And we're, let's see, I'm going to do maybe one more. Let's see what one of these Catholic versions say. The New Revised Standard Version, Anglicized Catholic Edition. See what that says. How you are fallen from heaven, O, o day star. So it says day star. Anyway, a number of versions use morning stars or star of the morning, if you will. Um, so who is the morning star in, in our Bibles, our King James Bibles? Who is it? Yeah, exactly. All right. Revelation 22 and verse 16. Revelation 22 and verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. And the bright and what? Morning star. So the NIV has got uh, Satan and Jesus uh, conveniently mixed up. Same thing. They're Luciferians. 
It's a New Age Bible. Modern Luciferians will consistently deny the name Lucifer has anything to do with the biblical figure of Satan. But you know what? This is a lie. Blavatsky herself treats the two figures as synonymous in the secret doctrine. And this is what she says to this end. And now it stands proven that Satan or the red fiery dragon, China, isn't that, isn't this the year of the, fire, the red dragon? Red fiery dragon, that's what they're, that's what they're worshipping, devils. Pa uh, China is a pagan society. Yep. Yep. And yeah, the red fiery dragon, the lord of phosphorus and Lucifer or light bearer is in us. It is our mind. Wow, that's what she said. Revelation 12 and verse 9 says, And the great dragon was cast out. Here, that old serpent, one title, called the devil, another title, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation 20 and verse 2 says, And he laid, this is the angel from heaven, he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Amen. Yeah, that's what she's describing, Satan. Blavatsky, quoting hermetic texts in the secret doctrine, also repeats the mantra, It is Satan who is the small g God of our planet and the only God. Those are her words. By the way, that's who the Pope is worshipping right now. I believe many of these are just, they're, they're parroting all this. Absolutely. I believe these top leaders in Christendom, whether it be top NAR leaders, charismatic leaders, are parroting that. Luciferians and the cultists will also argue that the Christian Bible only mentions, he's, his words by the way, only mentions the name Lucifer once. Well, it does. But you know what? If it mentions it only once, God said it, that settles it. Amen. And that the two figures are not associated. Again, this is a lie. This is a lie by omission. The Bible does in fact mention Angel of Light, the dragon in reference to Satan amongst other titles, and his ministers on multiple occasions. And all of these names are used by elites to describe the figure they call Lucifer. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 14, just mark it down. The Bible says, and no, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into what? An angel of light. So in other words, when any elitist group mentions terms such as light bearer or Lucifer, they are indeed referring to Satan. This is, in fact, part of their religion. But in our current day, our modern times, some people might say, who cares about that? It's all mythical fantasy, right? Some do say that. It's not. It's reality. By the way, if you cannot discern that, you're living in a fantasy. And knowing the Bible, you will discern that. Knowing your Bible, studying it, living it, you will discern it. Goes on to say, I would respond with a question. Do you think the deeply held religious beliefs of the people with financial and political power and how they make decisions? Wouldn't their beliefs help explain why they do things they do? By the way, I remember listening to a testimony of a man who was given over. It was, it was high finance and he was given over to this. In fact, you can't get in that, you can't reach that level of uh, within, within, within the realm of finance without being given over to these mystery religions. They work hand in hand. 
Wouldn't their beliefs help explain why they do things they do? Huh? If you want to know why these globalists, if you will, which they're Luciferians, it's a religion of Luciferianism, engage in the very real war on the minds of the masses, you cannot overlook their religious motivations. What seems like fantasy to some is very real to the globalists. Again, I don't promote movies and I will not promote the, the Matrix. It is Gnosticism on fire, if you ask me, but there's some elements of truth, right? There is the fantasy which most people are given over to. Even Spencer Smith, and I, I do agree with what he said here about like really the world that's parallel to the Bible or, the, or Satan's world, everything's fake. Fake religion, a fake Holy Spirit, a fake God, you name it. Fake food, your food is fake. Just look at the label of some of this stuff. The labels of some of this stuff. It's all fake. Yeah, like I was just uh, watching something on, on, well, reading something on, on honey. Obviously, if you get the organic stuff, the real stuff, but even like this Billy B stuff, whatever it is. I mean, that's just high fructose corn syrup and other things. That's not honey. Maybe a little dabble of, uh, of honey in there, and it's got everything else. You feed that to the bees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they can corrupt our food supply. That's what it is, fake food. Yeah, well, we know that that's coming to an end in due time. Now continue on here. Now, many, uh, many of you may know that the United Nations, UN building in New York, has an occult library. That's uh, where the Rockefeller uh, Center is, or it's housed in the Rockefeller Center. But few people know that it was built by a group called the Lucifer Publishing Company, later known or later changed to Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust cites the writings of H.P. Blavatsky constantly as the inspiration for their organization. The UN continues to associate with Lucis Trust to this day. The very heart of globalism revolves around Luciferian ideals. It doesn't matter what or it doesn't matter what we think about these things. It doesn't matter if you see such concepts as metaphorical or symbolic or imaginary. They believe. And so, it's incumbent on this preacher to explore to not in depth what they believe. Again, before the 1800s, occultists engaged in Luciferianism would have been burned at the stake if discovered and probably this this writer says I'm beginning to think that this maybe was the right way to handle such people all along it sounds wicked but it's maybe true obviously the best way is to obviously share the gospel but these people I believe are being given over to reprobate to a reprobate mind their past yes we pray for them I pray for men like Justin Trudeau and, uh, and Christian Freeland and Men too. Maybe maybe it is a man. I don't know anymore. Anyway, I'm going to move down here. So here's the Theosophical Society magazine titled Lucifer, published in the 1880s. Blavatsky and her group spent multiple pages trying to separate the term Lucifer from the devil, while also defending the mythology of the devil and painting him as a character slandered by Christian culture. In their version of the Genesis story... The serpent was the good guy bringing the fruit of knowledge to Adam and Eve. Certain inverts, inverts, inverts things. Eve was venerated as a root figure in theosophy, or is, is venerated as a root figure in theosophy, and in feminism, a movement the theosophists 
helped to create. Not it was existence before them, but it helped to create. Because without Eve, the serpent would have never been able to get Adam to consume the fruit. We know that. It was the woman that was in a deception. The fruit, as a representation of gnosis, knowledge, is the key to Luciferianism and the globalist cult. As many atheists, as John says, as many atheists I've encountered in the past have argued, isn't knowledge a good thing? Not all knowledge is. No. Knowledge without wisdom and understanding is not a good thing. That's right. This argument ignores the underlying theme. Knowledge by itself is not good or evil, but evil thrives when people start to worship knowledge to the detriment of everything else. The application of knowledge without wisdom and moral discipline and biblically based wisdom, God-given wisdom, is dangerous. Indeed. The writer says, as Dr. Ian Malcolm brilliantly asserts in the film Jurassic Park, he says, yeah, 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 but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. I actually agree with that. Luciferians openly admit that the goal of their ideology is to pursue knowledge until human beings become gods. Yay, right, ye shall be as gods. This infatuation with godhood is what leads to great evil. It is a delusion that poisons the mind and encourages morally relative behavior, not to mention the pervasive thirst for power. Now ponder the technological aspect for a moment. Consider the numerous uh, programs that we see today to expand artificial intelligence. By the way, artificial intelligence is dumb. It's dumb. Have you read, have you read that, that latest article with Google? All of, all of, all of the, uh, the, the founding fathers are all black. <laughs> it's got a woke ideology. It can't be given over to white privilege. So basically, they're, they're, they're basically programming the code that... Uh... Yeah, so they have numerous probes to expand artificial intelligence and to bring about what they call transhumanism. That's just another form of evolution, by the way. You shall be as gods. This is a kind of knowledge worship that has terrifying implications for the future, and I believe it will come to full fruition. I want to go back here. The integration of technology into the surveillance state to rule over society is bad enough, but what happens when human beings begin integrating technology into their very biology? This is the mark of the beast territory. Absolutely, it's what it is. Will this eventually erase any semblance of what we call the soul? It may. The mark of the beast, if you think about it. Well, their souls would be damned, of course. This is what he says. After all, machines do not feel, nor do they self-reflect on their actions. I want to stop there. I, gotta, I don't want to go too far today. But my wife and I, we went out for some Japanese food. And we saw, like, they, you can either enter it through your phone, the menu, which I found odd. I was wondering what that QR code was there. I said, can we get a menu? I said, no, no, you can just scan the, with your phone. And, or they'll give you a tablet. If you get a tablet, you've got this robot that serves you. I've got a little video of it going around, and it talks too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Will transhumanism become a movement that suffocates all love and empathy, removing moral compass and turning us into a demonic hive mind devoid of individual thought? I think so. Globalists assert that there is no such thing as the soul. No such thing as individual identity and no such thing as moral compass. Lie, lie, lie. 
From their perspective, there is no danger of adopting technology as a path to godhood because nothing would be lost. And, we, and here we see the true nature of Luciferianism at work. A perfect representation of this cancer is the WEF uh, false prophet Yuval Noah Harari. You notice he used these rogue Jews to advance Satan's agenda. That's what he is. He's a sodomite, by the way. A man who says the quiet part out loud and promotes the darker tenets of Luciferianism regularly. To grasp what Luciferianism is, think, it, think of it as the anti-God, a war on nature, or, or a war on the natural state of humanity disguised as enlightenment. This is why globalists try to institute the extreme opposite view of every natural disposition. The, no the, not the notion, rather, of human beings as a blank slate that Yuval Harari clings to is one such narrative. It is a philosophy that has been debunked by endless psychological studies, and I don't, this is what he says, I'm not a, I do not promote psychology, as well as anthropological studies. Now I'm going to go down here a little bit. But even psychopaths, he says, sometimes need a fundamentalist framework in order. Actually, I'm going to go back here. Here, there, He goes here, I've long held the theory that the globalist cabal is in fact a cult of higher functioning psychopaths. Their lack of empathy and conscience, their past feeling, by the way, that's what they've had, their consciences seared. Their thirst for godhood and omnipotence. Their drive to attain all-encompassing for surveillance of the population, to know everything about us all the time. By the way, that's Satan's goal, to counterfeit the omniscience of God and his using technology for that. To have total control over the environment and society. The narcissistic self-image of, of a supreme ruler who is worshipped by the masses. And the delusion that they will be able to, re to read the minds and predict the future. These are psycho psychopathic fantasies. And they are willing to chase these fantasies by any means necessary. But he goes on to say, but even psychopaths sometimes need a fundamentalist framework in order to maintain organization and inspire devotion within a group. It makes perfect sense that they would choose Luciferianism as their religion. Well, it makes sense because of the God of this world. Their quote-unquote do-what-thou-wilt philosophy of hedonism takes the idea of freedom and removes all responsibility. All accountability. It is a degenerate view of liberty rather than the principled view. Freedom, they think, is only for people like them. The people willing to desecrate everything in their path and upend the natural order. As psychopaths, they are devoid of natural inborn contents and are more robotic than human. So it's no, yeah, so it's no surprise that people like Harari argue there is no soul, no freedom for you, and that machines are capable of the same creativity as humans. No, they're not. An empty person with no soul or creativity is going to assume that all other people are empty. Now, an empty soul, obviously you have it. Everyone has a soul. Only you wonder, like with these clones and everything else that they're going to come out with, you're going to have these biological vessels with no soul, and you'll have, oh, it's going to be terrible. An immoral person will also be compelled to prove that everyone else is just as immoral as he, or, as he is. Or he will be compelled to prove that he is superior to everyone else because he has embraced his, immor his immorality. So he goes on to say, and now I'm going to actually leave it at that. At that, yeah. Because he asked a few questions. Do the elites actually believe in the real devil? 
with whose horns and the pitchfork? Well, not that's probably not their concept of devil. He's probably wearing a nice suit like we are, right? He's in the upper echelons. That's what they believe. He says, what matters, though, is the philosophical drive of their cultism or occultism. Their goal is to convince the majority of the populace that there is no good and there is no evil. That's what it is, right? It's all relative, subject to change. Everything is empty. Everything is relative to the demands of the moment and the demands of society. Of course, they want to control society so that everything would be there or be relative to their demands. I don't know if you've noticed, Keith, speaking of this relativity here, right now in Canada, they're, bill, they're, they're tabling a bill, Bill 367, C367, uh, that will make it uh, uh, anti-Semitism, I guess, will change the hate speech laws to make uh, any anti-Semitic you know, view hate speech or using religious texts to justify anti-Semitism. But you've got to see the danger beyond that. Right, you know, you can see. I look beyond what, what they're saying it will be, to actually ban the book. Mm -hmm. Well, sorry, you're you don't have the religious freedom to preach the Bible, even though the Bible says this about certain groups, about certain sins. You can't preach on that. That's where we're going. Heavenly Father, we give thee thanks for the blessing of this first service, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that thou wouldst bless the second service. Give me the wisdom and the unction to preach, what thou hast laid on my heart, in Jesus. Precious and holy and wonderful name I pray. Amen.